You like dunks. What do you, you mean, like, like basketball dunks? Basketball dunks and like swishes and all that cool stuff <laughs> yeah, that I mean, LeBron James does, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah, I like I like it, those things. I mean, you like it when the good players are playing and stuff like that. Yeah. Does a league have a right to make players play the game that they have been paid to play? Or can the teams make the choices themselves? That is the question that the NBA is trying to answer. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty interesting theoretical thing here. For those who aren't in the know, the NBA has had a load management problem over the past, what did you say, decade? Something like that? Uh, a little less. Since Kawhi went to Toronto, really. So like five years. Okay. Yeah. So where star players are resting in games that are not that important for the team or the team thinks are not as valuable as games on the line. And the idea is that sports science says that it's better to rest these players X amount of games and, and it gives them a better performance in the games that are higher value games, right? I mean, I think it's more about um, playoffs as much as anything else. So you just only want to put so much stress on Kawhi's right. body. Okay, so yeah. But so like there aren't going to be that many high value regular season games, but they're, all the playoff games are high value. Yeah. Yes, but from the business perspective of the NBA, that's not an ideal right. reward system. It's terrible for the NBA. And it's bad for the fans, right? Yep. These are the issues. The issues are that if you're a fan and you buy a ticket to go see the Lakers play when they're in your town and you're not from L.A., and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the two stars, are both resting due to load management, not due to a real injury, you feel a little bit jaded about your ticket price. Right. This you is know? your one time that they come per year if you're on the um, in the Atlantic Conference or the Eastern Conference, I should say. Right. And if... Your team is only playing them once, like you said, and, and that team is pricing their tickets based on who they're playing against, which most teams do. And I think do. they all do that. Yeah. They're going to not price in the potential for load management. They're going to be like, guess what? LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on this team. You want to pay $280 for like third section seats? You should. Because yeah. he's going to retire soon, you know? Absolutely. Right. So that's the fundamental problem. And... The NBA has kind of brushed it off for a while and said, like, it's part of the game and that's how it's supposed to be done. But there's been enough of an uproar that the NBA has now implemented a new policy, um, which defines star players and then requires teams to play them a certain number of games, 65 games out of the 82 game season they have to play. And there's other rules about when they can sit out and stuff. Okay. It's not that they have to play 65 games out of 82. It's that they have to play 65 out of 82 to qualify ah, for a first, second and third team. All that's NBA right. Awards. It's really different. Okay. Yes, you're right. That's that. I conflated some numbers, yeah. but the NBA is punishing teams for load management in other ways. What the rules are is that, if your team is playing on a national game, a nationally televised game, or if you're playing a tournament game, because now they had the in-season mm -hmm. tournament starting this year, they don't want the star players to be sitting for those games especially. Yeah. So you're not allowed to sit them unless they're actually injured for those games. Right. Um, so there's also like you have to make a preference for playing them in away games versus home games. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, cause the, like we said, you don't want to punish the fans in Sacramento who never get to see Trey Young play and they bought these tickets specifically because Trey Young's coming to town and then he load manages Trey against Young. Sacramento. Interesting. <laughs> you know, he's a flashy player. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, so there's more details to the policy, but what do you think about the policy and what do you think about having any policy at all in regards to this? Do you think it's appropriate or not? Okay, I think it's completely appropriate. I think the NBA is supposed to protect okay. their their partners with the networks yeah. and their and the advertisers. That's what makes all the money happen and makes the whole thing yeah. happen. And also protecting the fans um, 
which is another, which is basically what this is doing, at least intended to do, I should say. Um, it's mostly about the advertising partners, though, right? That's like the the money behind the move. I sure, would guess. but without the fans, the advertising partners don't have as much, right. There's not as, as much money from them, so it all it all the ecosystem all sort of works. Yeah, together. it's symbiotic. Yeah. Um, okay, so on that level, I think the NBA is absolutely supposed to do things like this, and not like Greg Popovich, which he did once, sit out Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, and Kawhi or Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard all on the, the nationally televised Lakers game that Friday night when they all played the night before again, in some like non, no one cared type of game. Where yeah. It's like you could have sat them that game if you yeah. were going to sit. And, and, you know, Popovich is more like, well, if we're only going to win one of the two games, I know we win the first game if I play those guys. And I don't know. And we could go 0-2 if I sit them the other game. So I'm not going to do that. But I like, so I like that the NBA is at least trying to do this. I think it is appropriate and correct. I don't know how effective it's going to be. Yeah, you could just lie about an injury, right? You could like, what are they going to do if they say like Kawhi is experiencing pretty severe soreness in his knee, and you can't see it on an X-ray, but he's reporting right. the soreness. Like, are you going to let him get injured, Adam Silver? I think what they're going to do instead, though, is if there's a clear pattern of this stuff. Oh, every Friday night when the Clippers are playing their tournament game, yeah. Kawhi is, you know, what they're really saying is you can load manage, just don't load manage on these particular days. We're, it's actually they're actually trying to almost form a partnership with these teams this yeah. way, right? They're saying work with us, man. Don't don't punish us. Like keep the health of the league in mind too. You can still load manage. It's fine. Just do it this way. So I think that's probably what teams are going to do. The Clippers will be smarter about it. Smarter is the wrong word. They'll be uh, more judicious about it, and you know make sure Kawhi's doing it not always on the road. And not always um, in these bigger games or games that the NBA has determined has more significance. Again, these in-season tournament games, which are going to be every Friday, I think, for the first few months of the season and the national televised games. So I think some interesting elements to this uh, come up when you think about it a bit more. This policy stands out for me as different from a lot of other policies that I've seen implemented in sports in its kind of blatant admission of it as an entertainment product versus a pure sport product, if hmm. if you follow me, which is like, instead of saying, when you view this, you're getting simply a window into what it is to watch an NBA team do its normal duties as an NBA team. Instead, we're manipulating it for the purposes of entertainment, which is slightly different, you know, because right. if teams were to optimize their load management based on their schedules entirely just to... to win the most games possible or win the most championships possible, they would load manage differently than this policy encourages them to. Okay, this isn't the first time the NBA has done this. The NBA has been doing this for 30 years, not the load management piece, but the acknowledgement that we don't want you to do optimal things because of the entertainment value, specifically the lottery is the beginning of that, right? Which is sort of disincentivize tanking, right? That's yeah. the beginning of that. Now, They've had to get more sophisticated with it. As teams have gotten more sophisticated back, it's sort of an arms race. That's a little different, though, right? Okay. Because the lottery is an actual change to the structure of the game, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's the structure of how the NBA like sets up its season and yeah. its after season and, and, and postseason. Um, whereas this is a change to how within the game that's already being played, you're allowed to play your players. So it's slightly different in that way, right? It is different, but they're really for the same ultimate purpose, right? Which is to get teams to, well, not exactly the same purpose, I guess. Yeah. But with, with the tanking teams, right? It's sort of like we wanted to have a better product. 
Yeah. That's why we, that's the only reason why they're really doing it. They yeah. don't really care. And this is the same idea. We want to have a better product specifically at the right times in this case. So it's a little different. Yeah, right? but it, it does feel different because when you're saying I want to have a better product based on the lottery, I don't think that necessarily changes the fundamental way that teams strategize how to win a, a game of basketball right. over the course of a season. Right. Whereas the load management thing kind of does. Right. But the lottery was about making it so teams don't strategize how to lose more games of basketball. Right. By the way, so was the play-in tournament, which they now do, which absolutely worked. Like the teams that were close to the play-in, a bunch of them did not start to tank. Some of them did. Portland did. Dallas did. But most of them didn't and really tried to make the yeah. play-in uh, instead, which is what they want. Right. They want those teams, instead of losing the, for the last month on purpose, to fight. And they did. And that, that was that was good for the league. I'm struggling to articulate it, but yeah. but these policies feel so different to me than the load management policy. They feel like they are different. We are just fundamentally changing the structure of the league. Right. Versus a load management policy being like, I want to watch LeBron James right. on ESPN Fair on enough. Friday. You know? Fair enough. Uh, and I, I think fundamentally changing the structure of the league is the more pure way to like creating incentives rather than than punishments. I guess that's the difference, right? You create incentives rather than punishments yeah. to change the behavior of the teams so all of these other policies are creating incentives rather than punishments this is just simply creating punishments yeah i mean both work right incentives yeah. and punishments both work can work to change behavior incentives feel like uh more like pure like kind of like free market feel almost i don't know how to explain it i mean they may feel like that yeah. but you're still manipulating things to get people to behave the way you want right yes but i think from a fan perspective it feels less manufactured in those cases, at least that's my experience. If you know Kawhi is going to miss 15 games via load management a season or 20 games a season, right? Yeah. It seems very reasonable for the league to say it just can't be these, you know, this 30% of the games or this 20% of the games because those are more important games for these reasons. Um, but pick any you want from the other 80%, it's fine with us. Or maybe, maybe it's 40% of the games they have to block off. Yeah, that, but yeah. still, pick, pick, you know, so pick from this, from these 60% of games, you can have them sit. Any any third of those you want, we're not going to give you shit. But the rest of them, we're, we really value and we're going to penalize you for. I mean, it just is. It kind of feels like it's not the same thing, but it has the same feel to me as the producer of a reality show where the contestants are free to act how they want and they they can play how well, however well they can. Like saying like, okay, we're going to do a puzzle next challenge because we know that this player is good at puzzles mm. and we want to keep them around because they, right. they're likable. Right. Right. It feels kind of like that, which right. it's feels a like a slightly different type of manipulation than saying like the structure of this is you have to win as many challenges as you can right. and then get to the end. And like 40% of them are puzzles and 60% of them are not. Well, you know? I think that's the great illusion of reality shows, right? Is that they're a competition rather than a TV show. Yeah. And they are a competition to some degree, but they're more a TV show than a competition, yeah. right? And But they pretend that they're more of a competition. Um, yeah. So the NFL sort of playing off all this, right? Now there's 17 games in the league. It wouldn't shock me if 15 years from now, 20 years from now, assuming the NFL is still rocking and rolling, we're probably at 18 game seasons now too yeah but it wouldn't shock me if at some point as more and more data comes out with injuries that they say players are not allowed to play full seasons they, huh. you know, they make some deal and they're like you can play 15 games or 16 games in the season but not all of it right and that's a way to protect the players but and the teams can decide when they play their guys and so and then but it doesn't hurt the revenues and actually increases the revenues of the teams and the networks if you get more games right if you play an extra game yeah. for that deal right yeah um so, but that's weird, right? Because then, like, you can you play your starting quarterback sixteen of the eighteen games, and I'm sure the NFL would say, "Well, guess what? Every Monday night game, Thursday night game, Sunday night game, 
any national game, yeah. you can't sit your starting fucking quarterback. <laughs> like, no yeah. way. But you, you've got these seven other games where you can pick from, you know, and that's just how it is. And I guess you figure out the flex stuff later. But some, some version of that. And that's sort of a similar thing where then teams could decide, though, like, it's a national game. But look, we're playing the lowly Chargers this week. You know, and next week it's not a national game, but we're playing the Chiefs. And if we win that game, it's a division game. We have a better chance to actually win the division and maybe get the number one seed. We have to sit our. We I want to sit Joe Burrow this week, not yeah. next week, kind of a thing. That wouldn't be a division game, but who cares? Whatever. Just roll with me on this. I um, mean, obviously, Chargers and the Chiefs are in the same division. But it again, doesn't matter. But again, this is not for sports fans <laughs> yes. necessarily. This is I'm for just like a, the, I'm just anticipating yeah. all the uh, yeah. all the issues. Um, it just gets interesting where like, I'm, I'm not sure how they would do that. They would probably, if, if it's sitting more than one game, they'd actually probably break the, the season into uh, sections. I would guess so, like you can sit them once in the first half of the season and again in the second half of the season, something like that. If they were doing it. Speaking of number of games, yeah, there's a much cleaner solution for the NBA. If you just care about the product and the consumer experience with the product, which is to make it a shorter season, right? Of course, that would be great for everybody yeah. except for the teams and the Players. Except for the money yeah. that comes into the league, right? But but most people don't watch all 82 games that their favorite team plays, right? If there was a 60 or 50 game season, I think people would still be perfectly happy with the amount of content and it would oh. make each game a, a little bit more special. And that's a little bit of why the NFL is so powerful, right? right? The scarcity is important yeah. um, for the NFL, no question about it. I think the NBA would not lose anything from a fan point of view if they dropped it down to from 82 to 70 games, let's say, or 65 games. How about 50? They're never... I mean, th those are not even... It's just not realistic. I, I know, but... 70 is at least in Speaking in the theoretically. Um, I think you actually might have some fans be a little bit upset about that. They, hmm. would, they might want a little bit more than that. But I think once you even hit 60 games, no one's going to complain after that because there's a lot of sort of dog days games, even when your team is good, where you're yeah. like, you know, it's March and like... Once you We're get playing near, the Hawks, once you, know. you get near the end of the season, it's hard to find games where both teams care. Yeah, yeah, um, it happens for sure. But it's you know there's all sorts of things, and there's there's been load management going on. There will continue to be load management going on too. Um, I think it would be great for the league if they did that. The question is how much money would it actually cost them? Right. I'm sure they've done the math. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Yeah, but they, but they can't really get a sense of how much more viewership would go up, let's say, for mm. certain games because there are less. It's really hard to know. Would the viewership essentially stay the same? Would the national games get more viewership because there's less games? But it's only 25% less games or something like that. Would anyone even really notice? It kind of just feels the same, right? It's still a long season. It's just not as crazy long. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. This is this is one of my many problems with baseball is that they play 162 games. That's a lot of games. They play basically every day. It's you know? kind of like you're not really watching a sport. You're just kind of like there's something passing by in the corner. And if you're a baseball fan, every once in a while you kind of look over and you're like, oh, yeah, the Cubs won again, I guess. I mean, if you're it's, a baseball fan, you're actually watching all of it. Right? Some of them. A lot of people are watching every game. Uh, people just put it on the background and they do their Excel spreadsheets. Not everybody. <laughs> a lot of people actually care, but... But it's the problem, of course, is going back to scarcity. None of it's special. There's nothing special about almost any regular season game. Yes, there's some rivalry games. Yes, there's a few moments here or there, I suppose. But essentially, it doesn't matter if you win or lose most of your games. Like, obviously, if you lose more than half your games, it's a problem. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, like, there's no individual game where you're like, we really need to win this game. Like, you may feel that way, but it's not true. Right. In the NFL, with only 17 games on the schedule, 
If you go 0-3, you essentially never make the playoffs, right? Like, you can't lose your first three games. In baseball, you can go 0-10 and, and make the playoffs. Now, it doesn't happen often. Sounds it's, hard. It's possible. Yeah. You can certainly go 0-5 and, and make the playoffs. 0-3 is like nothing. Yeah. Like, 0-3 is just a bad weekend in baseball. It happens all the time to the best right. teams, right? So, there's just less there. I always felt, and I know no one feels this way but me, but Great. I always felt that baseball should go to the football model. And have 16 one, games? One game a week. Oh. You have one starting pitcher. You don't have five. You have one. Doesn't that make more sense already? Why do you have five starting pitchers? You have one starting pitcher. That guy throws once a week. Mm. It's very special. Everyone watches because this is the one time a week you get to watch your team play. It doesn't feel like this endless monotony of like ball, pitch, strike, ground out, ball, pitch, strike, ground out, which not everyone feels this way about baseball, but... If you look at the numbers, not a lot of what people watch baseball anymore compared to what they used to. Yeah, right? but I think a lot of the baseball enthusiasts who are left, and maybe we don't need to capture them if, if you're to implement this and try to get a bunch of new people involved. Mm -hmm. But the people who are, who are still baseball enthusiasts care deeply about the stats. And, yes. And you need, like, in order to get the, the sample size necessary to have a good data pool, you having that many games is helpful, right? And, and it also then matches up with the historic data, which they're mm -hmm. always, you know, bargaining against with, with current players. No question. The stats would be problematic. Mm -hmm. We could all get over it, but problematic. I mean, you have the opposite problem sometimes in the NFL, right? Where because they only play up until very recently, 16 games up until yeah. last year, um, but now 17, you can get some very weird sample size issues sometimes where someone has way too good a season or way right. too bad a season and it really screws them. A quarterback has a great season, signs a huge deal, and then they're really actually not good. Even a great game in the NFL is enough to like there's a player named Matt Flynn from back oh, in yeah. the day who was the backup for Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. I think, in Green Bay and he played one game and threw six touchdowns and then didn't play again, I think that's I think it was season. the last game of the season. Right. And based on that one game, he got what was, at the time, a very large long-term contract, yeah. which he was then immediately beat out for the job. Russell Wilson beat him out. But yeah. I think he signed like a five-year, $9 million a year deal, which yeah. $45 million. Yeah, I think, which I think, yeah, was a really good, was a lot of money back. And Obviously, it, it's a lot of money to most people now, but for, for the NFL. Right, so that really makes, good. it's interesting from the decision-making perspective of the GMs of NFL teams, you don't have the sample to go on, even in the NBA, if a kind of no-name seventh guy on a team has won 42-point game, nobody's going to be like, give that guy $30 million a year. You know? Almost never. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Almost never. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, if the guy is Ben Simmons, you know, like the former number one overall pick, and he it's year two, and he hasn't done anything for the first two years, and then the last day of the season, he goes nuts, and it looks like he's putting something together, and now suddenly he's a free agent for some weird reason. Well, that's reason. different. Well, but that's sort of what Matt Flynn is, right? Not that he was Ben Simmons in terms of draft picks, but he was no. a young quarterback who people thought, maybe we can build our franchise around him, right? Nobody thought that until that six touchdown game. I don't know if nobody thought it, but they probably were like wondering. And then that six touchdown game made him much more. The expensive. team that drafted him already had Aaron Rodgers. That means that the teams that really needed quarterbacks were not that interested in drafting him that year. Fair enough. But after a few years, like third round quarterbacks sometimes become interesting properties, right? Yeah. Not, not that often though, actually. Pretty rarely do they ever actually work out. Um, but they do become properties once in a while. Back to the load management thing. Yes. <clears throat> How do you feel as Jonathan Levy... And then how would you feel if you were a player about the criteria for being under the load management protocol? There's like 49 players that qualify and it has something to do with right. your recent performance in all-star and, and all-NBA 
ratings. I would feel fine because I would say like, well, I can just lie about injury stuff anyway. So it, what are they going to do? Like you said, like I can say I have soreness in my hamstring and there's nothing they can do about it, but I will try and abide by it because who cares? Like as long as I miss this many games, isn't it all the same to me anyway? What do I care? But would you feel unfairly targeted as a player who made the all-star oh. team three years ago and hasn't since done anything? Because that, that's like the minimum criteria, oh. I think. I don't think so. I mean, the NBA clearly has a load management thing going on that yeah. is problematic. I wouldn't say I'm unfairly targeted. If I'm not load managing, it doesn't bother me anyway. It doesn't affect me. If I am load managing, I am the reason why this rule is in place. And it's very reasonable, I think, to make some slight adjustments about when you load manage Again, you can also just lie about how you feel, which is almost certainly going to happen. I imagine some stars are going to do it just to like give the finger to the NBA. Like, wouldn't shock me if Kawhi happens to get hurt a few times on some of those, of course. Some of those games where he played the night before or of two days course. before, just to be like, you're not in control of me. And I don't know what they can really do about it. This leads me to something else too, which is interesting, I think, also to do with the NBA. So very recently, we've had two stars in the NBA demand trades, James Harden and Damian Lillard. Yeah. And... They both have made it pretty clear um, about either where they only want to go. Like, Lillard has made it clear multiple times that he basically only wants to play for Miami. Yeah. Um, Harden hasn't said where he wants to go, although he's made it a little clear. But more, he said he will never again play for Philly and Daryl Morey. Right. Actually said Daryl Morey, any Daryl Morey team. But that is currently Philadelphia. Um, so the NBA came in and fined James Harden $100,000 for saying that, and I think threatened Lillard mm-hmm. um, because they're saying, like, you can't say – you have a contract. You can't say you're not going to play once you sign the contract. Yeah. Also, Harden did this weird thing where he opted into his – he was a free agent, opted into yeah. his deal. He could have been a free agent and gone anywhere, opted in, and then immediately demanded a trade and said he won't play for the Sixers. And it's like, well, if you don't want to play for the Sixers, you could have walked. You were free. But he wanted, of course, to lock up the $36 million right. or whatever it was, which is understandable. But then it feels like it's very much a I want to have my cake and eat it too type spot. Yeah. So Lillard keeps basically leaking that he'll only play for Miami. And then two days later, his agents clean it up mm-hmm. and say, no, no, no. He'll play hard for whoever he gets. But then again, it gets leaked. I'm pretty sure will. Lillard's agent has been saying he'll only play for Miami. Yeah, when, well, when I say Lillard is leaking it, I mean, Lillard's agents are doing all of it, but it's all for him, right? Like, well, but I, I, think it, I think his agent has explicitly been doing it. He's oh, like, okay. Yeah. But I think then they stop and then they say, of course, he'll play for anyone. But then it, it leaked again like last week that he'll only play for Miami. Yeah. It came out again. And it wasn't anyone saying it like to, in a microphone, but it, they made sure all the right people knew. And then those guys reported it. And then they had to come out a day later and say, oh, no, no. But it's like a wink, wink at this point. Like, don't trade for us, Celtics. Don't trade for us, Raptors. Like, it's not going to be worth it. Like, we're going to sit out and just not play. And, you know, we don't care. We're rich anyway. We don't have to. You know, you can't make us. Um, now, would he really do that? Most people think he wouldn't because he's got the heart of a lion. He's got, like, that worker mentality or whatever. Also, if he goes to a team where he could conceivably win the title, isn't that kind of what he's looking for anyway? Yeah, if he, if he ends up on Philly replacing James right. Harden, is he not going to play? I'm, or Boston. Not that I, I – I don't want him on Boston, to be clear. I, I like the team they have. Um, but – like, but if he were to go there, 100% they'd be the title favorites unless they gave up some insane amount for him, which they wouldn't yeah. have to do, right? Um, if they, even if they traded Jalen Brown for him, let's say in a straight-up deal, which isn't a crazy move for either, play, for either team, like in terms of value, they would immediately be the, the, the top contender, right? Yeah. So, like, he would say no to that? It seems hard to believe. It does, but, but it's all know. it's all leverage and bullshit, right? right? But knows? he really wants to play with like Jimmy Butler and in Miami, where there's no income tax, and also it's Miami and they got the I get clerb. 
The club, exactly. Yeah, you got to go to the club. Who doesn't want to go to the club? Lillard wants to go to the club. Yeah. I mean, he's been in freaking Portland his whole time, and we are too, but it ain't, it ain't a big city. It's, it's, an, it's a perfectly nice city for guys like us, but come on. If you're super rich and famous, Miami might be a little more it for you. It depends on what your interests LA are. Or it depends on what your interests are. It does. Well, he's made it pretty clear. He likes the club. Are in Miami. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. To get a little bit out of the weeds yeah. um, and more theoretical, how do you feel about within this load management policy that the NBA is doing that they are explicitly naming and making a deviation of who a star is? Right. Like, is, that's kind of interesting, right? I've never had a league do that in my lifetime, I think, where they're like, these are the official star players yeah. of our league. Do you think that's an, a weird thing? Um, it's a little strange, but it makes sense, too, right? Because you have to, you have to define it somehow. They're saying, like, if the Celtics are playing and they're a little worried about Robert Williams, they can sit him. Yeah. Because Robert Williams has never made an all-star team and is probably unlikely to. He might make one eventually, but is unlikely to at this point, right? He doesn't really play enough games because he gets hurt all the time. So it's understandable if they want to sit him. If Robert Williams isn't playing against the Heat, no one who's watching the game is going to rip up their tickets and say, I've been ripped off, right? They're like, they're there to see Jason Tatum. They're there to see, you know, the team in general. They're there to see Jalen Brown. Those are the two all-stars on the team, all NBA players. You can make an argument for some other guys. And I would personally, Robert Williams is my favorite player. I'd be there to see him, but I wouldn't even feel ripped off. I'd be like, you that's be, too bad. You wouldn't be in Miami. You're that, not one of those guys. That is also true. You don't go to the club. I'd be unlikely to be in Miami. You, you don't go to the club. Yeah. You go to the cozy little restaurant and get your little chicken piccata. I like the chicken piccata. Of course you like the chicken piccata. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have it at the club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important. So I, I think it's totally reasonable. And this is a good way to do it instead of, doing it for every player, which gets weird. If you're saying there's like 30% of games, essentially no one's allowed to sit uh, no matter what. It gets a little weird, especially if you're load managing your other players, your other star players on some other games. It's like, well, maybe we want to protect Robert Williams a little bit. We played him. We, we sat Al Horford last game. Not Al, not that Al Horford's one of these guys. Um, or Jason Tatum last game. So we're going to sit Robert Williams this game. He's good, but we don't need him to win this game. We can still win without him. And, the ratings are going to be just as high and no one's going to be angry. Somehow on the Just Go With It podcast that is not a sports podcast typically, we end up, if I just somehow accidentally get us in the realm of basketball talking about the minutia of the Boston Celtics. That's just how it goes when Jonathan Levy's around, huh? So why don't we name all the players on the Boston Celtics? Let's do that now. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, but... You don't really want me to. Do no, that, I do don't. You? I don't want you but to But I do could. That. I believe that you I don't could. know if I could name all of them because there's like 17, but I could name... 13, I bet. Yeah. You know, but let's not. Let's, let's not. Let's please that not. That is not entertaining um, So for most people. From an overall perspective, though, as a fan, yeah, something about this policy, which I understand the necessity of the policy, there, something needed to be done. As I said, I would have preferred it just to be a reduction of games. But something about this policy just smacks of disingenuous to me. Something oh. like that is that, that might be the wrong word. Huh. But so you don't like this. It's not that I don't like that they're doing it. I don't like that it exists. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Like I would, I would have preferred if they had just made it a sixty-game season and then the problem eradicates. But they're never going to do that. I understand that, but l let me speak from a theoretical, ideal okay. world perspective. In an ideal world where I'm watching sports that I like, what I want to be happening when I'm doing that is me simply observing the sport being played in its optimal nature, mm -hmm. right? Without any sort of manipulation from people who are concerned about profits 
or concerned about viewership ratings. I want to like, I want the game to be constructed in such a way that incentivizes everybody involved correctly to create a good product. Yeah. And I, and to just know that that's not what's going on with the NBA anymore, that this, this policy changes that slightly for me. It doesn't change that I'm going to be watching NBA games, but it just, it, it waters it down for me a little bit. It doesn't change the product in any way. It's just your knowledge of the fact that yeah. they're going to schedule the load management at different times than they otherwise might. I, I understand. The only thing. The product is the, the quality of Clippers games on average over the course of the season will be the same. I agree. And I, I'm struggling to articulate okay. exactly what it is, but it makes it feel more watered down because of the like invisible hand that is so clear to me. What would you like them to do that's actually realistic since they're never going to cut oh, it down to 60 I, games or even 70 games? I, what do you think is a better solution if you have one? I don't think there is a better solution if you're not going to cut it, the games down. Right. I think they're I think not. the games should be cut down ideally, but you can't do that because they need the money. I mean, or it's not that they need the money. It's that they want the money. Well, they are very wealthy, all of them. That's, yeah. Well, they're very wealthy. Yes, they want the money. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely wealthy. Yeah, yeah, they're doing pretty well. <laughs> they're doing pretty well. It's but amazing. they're like, why would we take less money when we can take more money? We're going to take more money. We choose more, right? Yeah, and I'm sure the players are happy with that too. I think so. Well, especially if they get to load manage. So yeah. Kawhi gets to play a 60-game season, but gets paid as if it's an 82-game season, which it is for everybody else. But he gets paid. it isn't like they don't pay him those 22 games he doesn't play, right? They pay right. him anyway. So it's better for Kawhi to do it this way for sure, right? So Kawhi likes it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So who does it hurt? It hurts people like me. It hurts people like <laughs> who you. have, who have sensitive, sensitive sports watching hearts. Right. You know? Yes. Which you do. People say that about, yeah, you. they say that guy's got a sensitive sports watching heart. That guy and sensitive is, has all, yeah, like that's, a, I'm known for my sensitive nature and my emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm very emotional. You are very emotional. Um, I've seen you cry. I don't think you have. What I did was I took a photo of you. Oh, <laughs> I got you one didn't, of those like little a, droppers. Yeah. And I just put the drop. So the tears went right down. Uh -huh. And I was like, it's crying. Oh, what's the matter? Did that feel good? It felt great. And, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, and I just kept looking at it. Because you, know, <laughs> uh, you were sad. All right, let's pivot real quick. You got, you got me thinking about something else. Oh, okay. How concerned are you about technology moving along in such a way why are you laughing it's at me? A real heavy pivots so yeah but far. that's what we do on this show i'm just laughing at the pivot i mean you were making a joke about putting an eyedropper on a picture of me i think we're done talking about the nba <laughs> it feels like it I, it's just a funny pivot go on what do you want to say about the NBA? why are you so defensive about everything get to your point where are we going now i am gonna cry good finally camera get this <laughs> Yeah, that's good. For enough. those who I are will, watching the video, you know that we, I we will CGI in some tears. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, yeah. How concerned are you with deep fake technology? Just like the your image could eventually be used to make it look like you're doing anything. Does that concern you at all? Not yet. It's obviously going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, but I am not worried about that because if I worry about that, there's a lot of other things I could also yeah. worry about because the world is full of darkness and I just don't go there. Um, yeah. That, that's really what it is because absolutely deep fake te technology is going to be an issue. But I will say I would have thought it already would have been one by now. Yeah. Like Jordan Peele put out a thing with Obama. So it was like a solid eight years ago or maybe more um, saying like this is not real, but it sure looks real. And I'm really worried about this. And I remember thinking like, God, we're like two years away from all. You can't trust anything you see on TV, essentially. Yeah. Um, but we're not there yet. Like. 
people can still tell. It all goes slower than you think. It almost always does. It's yeah. really wild. Um, so it's going to be a problem. I imagine there's going to be interesting solutions to that problem too, because people know it's coming. So right. there's, there's some percentage of the world. It's a small percentage, but some percentage of the world is actively trying to solve that problem before it even happens because it's such a devastating blow to everything. If you can essentially show anyone doing anything and it's impossible to tell if it's real or not, yeah. we lose so much value. You can start wars world. with that. Yes. You can destroy anyone you want with that. Right. Yeah. Um, or you can do anything you want and claim it was all fake. Either like both things are awful. Like yeah. horrible people can run free or innocent people all get destroyed. Either side is really bad, right? I think that's probably why. I mean, maybe th this can eventually be overcome, but this is like a piece of why governments in kind of a scary way continue to invest in, in really heavy surveillance technology, like gate analysis type mm. stuff. Maybe gate right. analysis is a way out of that. Yeah. But, but eventually that's probably overcome, right? The technology overcomes it. It probably is, but it's going to, it pushes the can down the road a little bit more. And also all the surveillance and stuff, not good in a lot of ways, but maybe then it's like, oh, see that video is supposedly of me in this place doing this thing, but the government can prove or all the government stuff says I'm actually over there and said, no, I don't like that. The government, no, it's not either. great. It's not um, great. And also then they could do whatever they want with the video and, put you know and political prisoners and all this it seems bad it's really it's, it's problematic me, it's sending me down a tinfoil rabbit hole right now i'm yeah. like you know like, we're not there yet though i know it's still a, a little a free time enjoy it while it lasts but we are in a surveillance state to some degree yeah which not entirely yeah not entirely but it, it, that's what's sending me down the tinfoil rabbit hole more mm. than the deep fake thing now is just whenever i start to think about it it freaks me out a little bit you know just how many cameras there are everywhere that everything you do is monitored that's, yeah that's a lot man i mean you also choose to have these things in your home there's a camera over there there's a camera over there it's doing too much tuna <laughs> yeah. but there is a camera yeah over yeah there, and there is a camera yeah over we there. volunteered those cameras yeah. there's also cameras on these computers there's that, also yeah there's our phone i mean just carrying around your phone yeah essentially i believe even when your phone is off the nsa can get video and audio from it yeah. at any time i believe um, so we're just, if you want to have a, a phone these days, you're essentially a smartphone. Anyway, you're essentially saying, I understand that there's a reasonable chance I could be surveilled at yep. any time, but ultimately it's not going to matter for the most part. That's the good part. I mean, it depends yeah. on who you are and what you're doing, but yeah. sure. Um, also like, you know, people have Alexa's in their home and Google home in their yeah. home and all those, and all those different things. Everything is now listening. Right. Like, and we, we accept that. Because because those don't even those don't even matter when the phone's involved, right? Because everybody's got the phone already. That's it's the true. Same, it's the now, same thing. Because now the phone is listening too, like actively listening. Right? I mean, it was listening before the Google Homes and shit were everywhere. Um, I mean, not Alexa. Phones weren't actively listening before Alexa. But who cares? Let's not worry about the timeline. We have to worry it's about the timeline. Not because we're living in a sci-fi world. So you're worried about being surveilled. Have you ever seen the movie um, Enemy of the State? Of course I've seen it. Have you ever seen the movie The Conversation? Aha! I don't think so. The Conversation is a prequel to Enemy of the State. It's actually the first movie, which was oh. made like 25 years earlier. Gene Hackman, the character from Enemy of the State, oh, really? is the guy from the conversation, and it's about being surveilled. And it's the same guy, much younger. Now, they don't actively say it's the same guy, but it's very clearly the same guy. They go out of their way in Enemy of the State to show you it's the same guy. Like, That's kind of cool when movies do that, where it's like, this is kind of in the same universe, and you can only know that if you know that. Yeah. You know? But I remember seeing Enemy of the State and being like, this is definitely the thing. And then it was proven that it was. Yeah. Um, 
But the conversation even back then is about being surveilled, not about the government, but about spies and people being able to do yeah. that. And then all the things that can happen around it. And, and it was, I don't know if it would hold up now, but I saw it, you know, like 25 years ago and it's like very old now. It's probably 50 years old, but I liked it 25 years ago. It wasn't amazing, but I definitely liked it. Well, uh, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley was in it. Great. I, that's, that's Does a that guarantee. That's, that's a guaranteed seat filler for me. Do you know, do you know any of the people from Laverne and Shirley? No. Do you know what Laverne and Shirley is? I have heard of it. That's all you know. Yeah, that's all I got. Laverne and Shirley is a spinoff from the hap- from Happy Days. Oh, it is. I didn't yeah. know that. Good. Now you know. Great. That's that's what that. How is. many times did uh, each of them engage in relations with the Fonz? I don't know. Probably at least one of them dated the Fonz, and that's probably how it started. But I don't know the answer to that because I. You know, I never watched Happy Days. Right. I mean, did that the, was... Did the Fonz just start the jukebox or did he have sex with everybody? He dated all the women. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have sex with them. It was the 50s and it was television. Well, not on camera. And it, it wasn't the 50s when they were... Right. It was the 70s. Yeah. So they, were not having, they were not even implying sex in the 70s. They were just implying kisses. Kissing the Fonz was enough. To... <laughs> yeah, For, of course. It all takes is a kiss yeah. from the fonts. And, you know, he just hit the jukebox <laughs> yeah. and go, "Hey!" And yeah. Henry Winkler still working all these years later. Yeah. By the way, yeah, like, Barry. Right? Yeah, I mean they, that just ended, but getting lots of work and doing very well. He was on Arrested Development, uh, many other things too. Yeah, so good for him. He does uh, pictures of fishes that he catches on the internet. Well, that sounds really great. Yeah, I'm sure you enjoy that. Hey, um, I have a thing. Oh, you do? That I wanted to... You should talk to a doctor about that. The thing? Yeah. I wanted to clean up some of the things that have happened in previous Just Go With It episodes. It's episode seven, and we already have a laundry list of things that we got wrong. There's at least three or four things that we clearly got wrong or need to be fixed in some way. I wonder how many were wrong in this episode. Oh, boy. 12 to 15 is my guess. I mean, it started with you claiming that the NBA is saying you have to play all-star players 65 games. So I, 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 you know, (laughs) that's that that number does exist within the policy, but it's different. It's It's very, very, very different. Yes. Anyway, just saying, like, it's easy for us to get stuff wrong. We're not like only one of us even knows what the topic is going to be. Like you started this. I didn't know we're going to talk about NBA and load management. I happen to know a lot about it. Lucky for Someone. And we talked about the Celtics for 45 minutes. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So anyway, so just covering a few things that happened. This is errata, but some of it should be interesting. Um, All right. Good. Okay. Uh, listener Dan Pasco has written to us. And the first about, I think it's episode one, which is the Killing Insects episode. Right? Yeah. And I said at one point, the bee isn't going to sting you because it knows it'll die if it stings you. And he took very strong exception to that and said, the bee does not know it's going to die when it stings. And I had to say, the more I thought about it, of course it doesn't know that because if it knew it was going to die, it would essentially never sting you. Right? Okay. To be fair, I was at the poker club with Dan Pasco after he had gotten all up in arms about this Oh yeah, and sent that to, to both of us about the bee stinging thing. And he's really more mad at me for not reining you in is, is the way he <laughs> is the way he frames it. That's the way he frames these things when I he's, like when he's texting us. That's good. Um, but there was uh, a dealer at the poker club who claims to be a big friend of insects yes. to know this stuff. And, and he, he supported you really? and said that actually you were right. Oh. Then though, Somebody else, it, it was a topic of interest and somebody else looked it up and said, well, the internet says that Dan's right. Yeah, so, I looked it up too. And yeah. the internet implied pretty strongly that these, it seemed, I mean, 
how would we really know what's in the mind, the soul of a bee anyway, right? Yeah. Like there's no device which is going to tell us what the bee actually knows and doesn't this know. This dealer was very confident and he's yeah. got the friend of insects he's the vibe. I think he's the biology guy, right? I don't know his background. I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say his name because whatever, but... Um, if Does he have long hair? Is, no. Then it's not the guy. Oh, okay. I was thinking of the I was thinking of Monty. Anyway, so I said his name. Yeah. Why, why, I don't know. Why <laughs> didn't I want to say his name in the first place? All right. Anyway, so Dan pushed back <laughs> on the bee knows it's going to die. I will say it is, it is not clearly fact that the bee knows it's going to die, which I presented as fact. Yes. So there you go. There's one. But that's one. just how you talk. And I do that too, where we, we say things in such a way that it sounds like extreme confidence and, and maybe our confidence is not as extreme as it. No, I was confident. I was incorrect. So you're actually just... I wasn't making like, I don't know if this is true, but I'm saying it if it is. No, that's not not what I do. That's what you do. I do something different. I just think I'm right about everything. Uh, It's completely different. It's totally fine. (laughs) It's great. Okay, here's another thing. This is a small one. This is from, I think, episode two when we talked about HBO. Yeah. Um, I was talking about the difference. This is... No one's going to care, but I... I was talking about how the HBO versus HBO Max and HBO Now and HBO Go all related to each other. Mm -hmm. And at one point I said that HBO shows are not all on HBO Max. Um, Yeah, I I thought that was And you push back on that. Yeah. Um, And I said, right, I'm incorrect. What it is, it's the opposite. Not all HBO Max shows are all on HBO because some of them are just Max shows. Right. Um, So that's what it was. So I sort of got it flipped. So, right, and that's that. So, but for HBO example, at this point is just a TV station with a schedule that just airs things one after the other, right? Because HBO, right? Yeah, there's no like HBO app anymore. It's, I don't know. Well, there's not because it's Max, right? That's I don't know if there's like an HBO Go app or not. Oh, there people. is not. Okay, there, there is not. Or now HBO Now. No, yeah. that stuff's all dead. It's all gone. Yeah. Okay, so it's just HBO for cable, and then Max. For it's the just other like thing. you're watching TV in the '70s. Like whatever they put on the thing is what you see. Do you get you don't get Max though for free if you get HBO, right? I it's all one thing now. I don't like I don't think it is all one thing. They're let branded me, differently. Let me say how I think it works. Okay. And I could be wrong, but this is my best guess. Here we go. This is that assertion thing. But you're acknowledging that you don't know. It's great. Go on. Also, I'm probably right. So that what we know is HBO is a production company, essentially, at this point, right? They just It's a network and a it, channel. It's a network it. and a channel. But what they do is they, they produce certain shows that are yeah. called HBO shows. Yeah. And they have movies that they have the rights to and stuff that they may or may not have produced. Sure. Um, and those are the things that might air in your cable package on the hourly TV. Right. Like you, that you can see on the TV guide when it's going to air thing. Yeah. Those things are also available on the app Max which has all HBO products, but also has the other products that they're trying to integrate with HBO. Yes, I think that's correct. And I think there is no other way to watch HBO than okay. if you have a cable package that includes HBO. So it'd be super weird to me then if that's the case that anyone ever, everyone should just cancel their cable subscription and get Max because you get more for essentially the same price, right? Yeah, but it's because of the whole packaging thing and you get, and people are just, the reason people still have cable at all these days is just like convenience because they already have it and and just kind of like a, a tethering to the past at this point. Almost. I think it's much more the second thing than the first thing, really. I think it's um, like you're you're someone who doesn't really feel you even understand what streaming is or how that works yeah. and wouldn't know how to do it. And you're like, I'm just doing the thing I know how to do. And I feel very comfortable with this because yeah. people don't like change. Right. And okay. streaming is like I, I could see if you're an older person and you're not particularly technically savvy that it could be a little bit daunting to figure out like, well, I just don't know what I'm how am I supposed to find things to watch now? I don't get it like. Before I would just turn it on and NBC would have right. have all the Chicago shows all in a row and I would eat my oatmeal and watch the Chicago shows. I mean, you think even 
the oldest folks get how Netflix works, though. Those apps are pretty straightforward, but I think probably not just, everyone feels comfortable with it, right? Right. It's just like a different skill set that you were technical enough and I was young enough to just easily get into. And it's kind of like second nature. Yeah. But I don't think it's that way for everybody. Okay. All right. Next thing. All right. What else were we wrong about? Um, the last episode, which came out today, and we got texts immediately on this one, also from Dan Pasco. Something that he, I knew he was right as soon as he said it, because this is the kind of thing yeah. he's going to be right about. But I was surprised. Where So I had claimed originally, when we we're talking about the odds of getting all 63 games right in an NCAA tournament bracket, like picking yeah. them ahead of time. I said that that's just 63 coin flips, but it'd be harder to actually fill out a bracket because you don't know who's necessarily going to be advancing and who isn't. And Dan um, said to me, 63 coin flips is harder than filling out a bracket. And I thought for a second, and before he told me why, I was able to realize what the reasons are. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's that there's seeding in the NCAA tournament. So a one seed almost always beats a 16 seed. A two seed almost always beats a 15 seed. Things right. like that. So it's not coin flips for some of it, right? A lot of these games are not coin flips. Right, right. So, And you can always be on the, quote, right side of that. You know, you know it's very, that's very public information. The other thing is who advances or not actually has nothing to do with anything because that winning your 63rd coin flip is contingent upon winning the first 63, 62 already, which means you're going to be down to the same two teams. You don't, it's not about knowing who's going right. to get there. That's all baked into it already. So there's that. Now, this is not errata, but this is something I realized as I was listening to the show today during my workout, that there's another way to get to um, fight back against Warren Buffett <laughs> playing hardball. Okay. It's endorsements. So I think you could, even in the... Maybe going into the final four, you could have your lawyer management, whatever, which you would have because the potential huge money on the other side. I'm sure they'd work for free. Go to a bunch of different big name people, Taco Bell, Pepsi, whatever, and say, listen, if our guy makes it to the final game, he's going to turn and, and he turns down all offers Warren Buffett does. That's going to be a really big deal. And everyone's going to talk about that. It's going to be huge. So what we want to do is make a deal with you right now that if it goes that way, you sign him to an, a million-dollar endorsement deal, and you do five of those. So you lock in $5 million. You basically grow the pie. So instead of just having a billion dollars you're working off of, now you're working off a billion dollars over there, but you also grow a five, $5 million pie over here or something. Um, I think those could be incredible ads, by the way, where they're offering you different things. You're like, no, 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 because uh -huh. you're the guy who says no to even the most incredible things. Like Everyone's going to be talking about how you turn down $200 million and lost. Yeah. Right. It's going to be, it's, you're going to be the most popular person in America for a little while. And to have commercials come out a week later featuring you are going to, if they playing off that are going to be huge. Now, I don't know what the actual rules of the thing were when Warren Buffett did it, but yeah. I would imagine that if you were to game this out and actually think it through before offering this, he would say any sort of outside money coming in, any hedging, any in insurance of any type will immediately disqualify you from, yeah. from the offer. But this is not the same thing. This isn't about hedging. It's okay. Any profiteering or any profiteering from the situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess you would say that to, so for him to have more leverage, but that's absurd and would never hold up, of course. Why? It's, Why what? It's, there's, you don't have to give up anything to be part of this. The deal is... If I win, I get a billion dollars. If I lose, I get nothing, right? And now he wants to make offers to me, fine. But I can make, I can say, hey, if I don't make any deals and I lose, I wanted, so Warren Buffett gets to keep his billion dollars. How can he come after me? 
What's he coming after me for? Because if if you're Warren Buffett and you're doing this in part just because of the fun of the potential of the deal making thing, you could Okay. Why not? Sure. You could put in the rules because this is your billion dollars that you're saying I will give you if this happens and you don't have to give me anything in return no matter what. Uh, you could say if there's any profit made by you off of this before the conclusion of the bet or if you hedge or if you get insurance yeah. and I find out about it, yeah. then the bet no longer applies to you. Right. But the thing is there wouldn't be profit made beforehand. This would only be post, right? You'd, just, you'd be doing like these would all be deals that would be contingent on you lose it like – I don't know. I, okay, but we could fight that. Here's what could happen, though. Yeah. If if within the contract that is what whatever is happening with this contract or whatever, it says these things, and you've made these deals before the game happens, and then you win the game. Yeah. He might be able to take the billion back. I mean, it seems impossible that he would ever win that in court. I would invite him to take me to court on that. You know, I'd be like, "Let's play, buddy." You're you and Warren never Buffett. You and Warren Buffett are just like on a crash. Course, I know. Right? It's just <laughs> <laughs> this fake Warren Buffett that is not at all what has happened in real life ever. The thing that I realized, and this was just the first thought solution to this is like, it shouldn't just be about how do me and Warren Buffett figure out how to chop up this potential billion dollars. It's how do you grow the pie outside of that? Cause there should be opportunities to do that too. And that was, so then endorsements was the first thing of like, Oh, you'd be incredibly famous. You'd be more famous if you lose and turn down his offers than if you win, by the way, I yeah. think like, how inc- every sports talk show in America, every talk show in America is going to only be saying he turned down $150 million yeah. and got nothing. What an idiot. Yeah. Everyone's going to be saying that. By the way, you could make no deals with the endorsement places ahead of time and know that that's going to be available to you probably. Right? That part I agree with. You could talk to a, an entertainment lawyer or someone in the business and say, like, what do we think is if I turn down everything? What, do we, what kind of offers do you think would be available? And we can make guesses. So it's not actually there, but we have a sense of, oh, there's millions of dollars that available. That I feel like is, that's, I think. So you don't have to actually sign any contracts. That's bulletproof, I think. Okay. But I, I don't think if you sign anything Fine. beforehand, maybe it could be taken away. Okay. But very likely millions of dollars. Are, so I'm going to be okay, at least. Now, yeah. it's not the same as $100 million. But if he, if he really lowballs me into like, here's four, take 40 million. Take 10 million. It's like, No. No, I'd rather not, actually. I'd rather play for the whole thing. You were like actually mad <laughs> at Warren mad. Buffett. How fucking dare this guy? Yeah. He's going to die soon anyway. Give some away, man. Share. Uh, <laughs> so this upset. is my money. Offer me something real. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I do get angry. <laughs> but but <laughs> So, but yeah, but like, I, I don't have to say yes to anything because now I have a really strong um, something that like, okay, it's not that bad no matter what. I'm going to get millions of dollars almost certainly no matter what. I have to really screw this up public relations wise. If I like, I would want everyone to know that I'm turning him down. I'd want to be like made fun of because that leads to all these other things. Okay. New scenario. I'd be like one of the judges on The Voice or something. <laughs> sure you would. New scenario. Okay. Fake Bill Gates <laughs> opens a coffee shop in your neighborhood and he's charging $12 for a bagel. Yeah. How angry are you? How much do you hate Bill Gates right now? I don't. Okay. Didn't That's work. just the market. He's not, he's not coming after me. That succeeds or fails on its own thing. Warren Buffett's not coming after you either. The fake Warren Buffett is not coming after you either. He is. It's, it's only not, me. It yeah, only but it's not, me. it's not about you. You're just the person who is there. That's fine. But I am the only person who's there. So it's very much about me from my point of view. The, the bagel shop or whatever Steve Jobs opened. Do you blame the that's asteroid? For, that's for the whole. 
That's for the, I can get a bagel somewhere else if I don't want to get it. Do you blame the asteroid for killing the dinosaurs? The dinosaurs were just in the way. (laughs) I don't blame the asteroid. Okay. But I would blame Warren Buffett because he'd be sitting next to me, right? If he he killed the dinosaurs. We would actually be talking (laughs) to each other. Now, I understand from his point of view, I'm a random guy, but I still am a person and there aren't any other opportunities for me to do this, unlike going to buy other bagels at other places, you know? Yeah, but you still get $40 million if you get a bad deal. That's pretty good. Right, but if I can play for the billion instead and know that I'm probably going to lock up millions anyway, I can turn down that $40 million much more comfortably. You sound a little bit like James Harden right now. You want to have your cake and eat it too. I think I can. That's what I'm saying. I think we can grow <laughs> the pie. There's probably other ways to grow the Is pie. It, it's not working yet. out for James Harden so far. I mean, he does get like $36 million guaranteed, and he's probably been paid like $400 million in his life so far. Yeah, that's, he's like 34 years right. old. It's working out pretty good for James Harden. No, not the eating it too part. He's having his cake. Eating it too is getting to the other team. Um, you don't, do you not think he's going to be traded eventually this year? I, I don't know. think it's very likely he'll be eventually traded. Very likely. So that would be eating it too. We'll see. It hasn't you, happened yet. You, would you like to bet? I will, I will take James Harden gets traded. No, I don't want to bet that. Of course you don't. It'd be a losing bet. Well, so would you trying to get Warren Buffett to do something that you don't that he doesn't want to do? He can pay me the billion. It's fine. I'm happy to play for the billion if I have like if you've got a little bit of backup. You know, having yeah. that backup is all the difference, really, because it's not the same as you know twenty million dollars of backup, let's say. But if you think it's like four or five million dollars, it's kind of locked in no matter what. That's a big difference than zero. You know, and like, it, yeah, it's a really big difference. Yeah, it is. But it's an interesting thing still. If he offers you $250 million, which is half of your expected value, $250 million is, is probably what you have to start to consider saying yes to. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But we were talking about before you were saying Warren Buffett was going to offer me 50 million yeah, and yeah. 10 million sometimes at the half and all these crazy low offers. And it's like, and you were getting so mad, right? but he, I'm saying we can take that away. Yeah. We can take away his power. He can make those offers, but but it doesn't have to have any sway over me. I'm like, 50 million is nice, and that's 10 times probably what I would make, you know, than if, if I lose this thing. Right. But I still make 5 million, and that's still pretty good, and I get to still then play for all of it. That's better. I'd rather take the 5 million locked up and play for all of it than 50 million and get nothing else. Well, it's a good thing you've gamed this out in case it comes up. I'm saying there's probably even better things that I haven't thought of yet. Well, thank God. Mm-hmm.